Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Sarah Elkins online. Sarah, how are you? I'm doing great, Michael. Thank you. Great to have you on the show. You've got a brand new book coming out at the end of May called Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will. Uh, mm-hmm. What a timely book of, based on what's going on in the world right now. So tell us a little bit about your backstory and, and why in the world would you give up so much of your time to write a book? <laughs> That's a great question, especially because um, I am definitely not the kind of person that spends a lot of time doing one thing. I like to just do a lot of different things. And so writing a book was a big challenge for me. But I started a podcast with the same name, Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will, um, about two and a half years ago. And it's been released every Tuesday since then. So I have over 125 episodes now. And um, over the course of about probably 50 or 60 of the interviews I've done on that podcast, I realized a lot of people don't really know how to tell an inspiring story. I think most people believe that the, the stories that they need to tell are the big, epic, I almost died stories. And they don't realize that the little pivotal moments in your life are the ones that really connect you to other people. Those I almost died stories or the, the uh, celebrity stories aren't going to make you a good leader. What's going to make you a good leader is when you expose just enough vulnerability with somebody that makes them want to celebrate and share their own story that relates to it. It's crucial. And even with my own story of my own burnout and you know, near-death experience, which I had as well, it, I don't spend a lot of time on that I could have died type of thing. It was more of, okay, what happened that put me into that situation? Where were my faults? What did I mess up on? And what did I do to change? And why did I change? And when you start sharing those stories, those are the things that connect with people that go, oh, yeah, I see a little bit of myself in you and vice versa. And from there, then they can actually decide, okay, I'm not the only one that's going through this. And I think that's one of those constant reminders that we all need to know about is we're not the only person that have ever experienced a particular situation. However, you know, that we have a different take on it than maybe somebody else does. But ultimately, we're not alone when it comes to these things. And we learn and grow from stories. You know, I, Ben, I know you have too. We've sat through so many conference speeches in our lives. And we find <laughs> there's ones that we remember you know, mm-hmm. vividly because of the story that they shared. And there's some that exactly. I, I could tell you if I ever saw that person speak or not, because it was just completely out of my out of my mind at this point but it's those stories that connect us and you know, mm-hmm. it's beautiful that you have a podcast show on this as well because I'm sure some of these stories helped you with this book oh absolutely what I realized through the podcast you know when when you're listening to a story and you know somebody's telling you about I don't know something that happened with their dog when they went out on a walk or a neighbor or whatever, and they tell you the story and you, your brain just starts going and you start thinking about a story that you could share as well 
that really relates to whatever they're talking about. And it's not that you're not necessarily listening to this person. You have kind of lost track of their story because you're thinking about what you want to say next. Um, That happens all the time. And that's totally normal. And I actually, when I'm coaching somebody, I have to stop myself from doing that, like from wanting to jump in with my own story. But what I find is that if I'm coaching someone who doesn't hasn't figured out which pivotal moments they need to share with people in order to create stronger relationships. Sometimes I will share a brief story of my own with the intention of unlocking one of theirs. And that's the beauty of it. Storytelling, it's great to be persuasive. It's great to entertain with a good story. And I'm a performer. I'm also a professional musician. So I love to entertain. But when I'm coaching or when I'm trying to gain advocacy for something. I'm trying to inspire people. When I share a particular story, the intention is to draw out the story of the person in front of me. So when you have that intention, you can't help but connect more deeply. People want to share with you when you've shared that level of vulnerability. Yeah, because it gives them permission to open themselves up a bit and share their journey, whether it's talking about their dog or the line of work that they do in a deeper conversation, you know, the, Mm -hmm. okay, what do you do for a living? I mean, we've all been through those conversations as well, but it's those deeper connections that uh, I I think really make a big difference in getting to know people, even if it's just going to be for a short period of time at a conference, for example, or Mm -hmm. when you're working with coworkers, getting an understanding of, you know, why, they're in that industry. What were some of the stories? Who were, who were some of the mentors they had in life? And what were some of the pivotal moments in, in their career that made them who they are today? And you know, working with you know, a client that I have, you know, I share my backstory and different things. As time comes up, if there's an example or something comes up, I'll say, oh, I'll tell you a story about me getting in trouble in kindergarten for looking into the girl's bathroom because I heard a rumor that there was a couch in there. So the, <laughs> the bottom of the bathroom door had like a chicken wire type of thing. So I'm bent over because I went to the washroom first and went back to the classroom, but decided to stop in front of the girl's bathroom and, and take a peek in there because they heard rumor that they had a couch in there. So I'm bent over and <laughs> next thing you know, I feel a tap on my shoulder and next thing you know, I'm going to the principal's office. Yes, kindergartner, principal's office. That's, that's terrifying. Began, people. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's when, that's when it all began, people. And for those that know me well, they're like, of course, kindergarten. <laughs> of course it started that. It makes sense. But it's those stories where people then will start thinking about, okay, what did I do in school? What was a funny moment that I had in school? And it just, it gets that connection. It just makes it a little bit deeper. And Mm -hmm. when we get that opportunity to do that, then that's when it just makes life more full. And not that I wanted to talk too much on COVID-19 and the pandemic right now, but you said your book is timely when it comes to this, but it'd be interesting to hear your take on with this separation that we all have from each other mm-hmm. at this current moment in time, although things are starting to ease up, but we've been pretty much distanced from many people for a couple of months now, at least. And it'd be interesting to see you know, what your take is on how technology isn't helping with those deeper connections like we've been talking about, but how it could 
if at all, and and some observations you've seen just, you know, going through life as all of us are uh, during a pandemic. Sure, yes. Um, I actually interviewed a historian as um, one of my podcast interviews, and she was basically saying that history isn't what you think it is. History is us. History is us experiencing our everyday life. So um, some of the most popular and famous um, experiences in our world, like World War II, were documented ad nauseum um, about the leadership and the, the overall picture of what was happening at the time. But you know, the most popular ones are the diary of Anne Frank, the diaries of people who were experiencing it on the ground. And what we have right now is this huge opportunity to jot down the stories of daily life during this pandemic to give context to the history in the future. So um, one of the things that this book does is it helps guide you through which stories to collect and start to think about in terms of pivotal moments. You actually, by the end, there are worksheets and you create your own story portfolio. And this is the perfect time for people to start thinking about which moments when they look back were pivotal. You can't necessarily know at the time that it's happening. But for instance, my younger son had just spent his uh, first semester at college in the dorms um, in Missoula, Montana. So he went to University of Montana. And of course, the midway through the second semester of his freshman year, he left for spring break to go on a road trip with some friends and came back and the dorms shut down everything shifted to online, and he moved home. And I had this moment where we decided we'd go for a walk together, take the dog for a walk together. And as we were walking, I had this intense urgency because I realized that this was borrowed time. This is my baby. He, you know, we're kind of empty nesting. And he's home for this brief period of time. And um, I asked him to sit with me and we're on this mountain. We live in Montana and we're on this mountain very close to our house. And we sat down on a rock and I asked him what he felt right now. I asked him what it was like to live at home during this situation. His girlfriend was back in Missoula and um, a lot of his friends were back here in, in our hometown. So he was able to see some of them and go for walks socially distanced walks with them. And we had this moment that I will hold on to and cherish forever because I knew it was borrowed. I knew that once he moved back to Missoula, he was unlikely to come home and live with us again. So as this family unit is shifting, I was treasuring that moment of just sitting on a rock and listening to him speak. And it wasn't until weeks later that I was thinking about that. Actually, he just moved back to Missoula. He found a full-time job and found an apartment, moved back because that's where he wants to be. And I'm so proud of him. It's such a bittersweet experience, you know, to have your kid move away because you want them to live that life. And at the same time, you desperately want to cling to them. So now I look back at that moment of sitting on the rock that was a pivotal time. It was a moment where I realized this is it. This is, you know, our lives are significantly changing. And this is my opportunity to just sit with him and be here. I'm thrilled you took that opportunity because I've got three adult children. And 
it yeah I, I blink and I go how in the world can they be adults and then I take the year and I subtract their birth year and I get the number and I'm like okay that's how it works and <laughs> it's but still it, it's I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I remember them being born. I remember all these things. And, the, you know, I'm very fortunate that I was able to be with them and experience so many uh, life moments with them. But it's so short. And now I, I'm with you. It's like as much as I would love for them to, you know, live, but they have their own life. They have their own things to do, their own dreams, their own aspirations. Uh, but, you know, taking those those quiet moments to have conversation and especially when you when they're in the teenage years, you know, many, you know, many teenagers, you know, are they're quite chatty, but maybe not so much with their parents. And you know, you get it <laughs> right. it's the same way. But then as I got older, you had conversations with my parents on things just mm-hmm. and they can be simple, you know, not you know, just having a conversation on the couch that comes up about something. And it's it's these little moments, and especially now during the pandemic, I think your book is crucial because I, I think the stories and and how people are feeling because I'm a big fan of journaling you know I mean of course mm-hmm. you can use it as a journal or you could use it as you know to write your own book on the stories of of COVID and I think people will read that and they will look back at this time like they did you know the Diary of Van Frank and the diaries that were written and the stories we've heard you know I, I watch a lot of history channels and hear stations and they talk about the stories of what happened during epic periods of, mm-hmm. of history and it's those stories you don't hear yeah we're familiar with what happened during world war ii I and mean, it's been like you said well documented but it's those little stories of how did this impact this family in montana or mississippi or utah that had to shift everything and how this experience now what what are people doing to navigate around these things what are some of the stories the connections that they've made the rekindled connections that were lost, but now have happened mm-hmm. again because we've got more, I say free time. I don't, I don't say we have more time. We all get 24 hours, but there's mm-hmm. there's more flexibility in time. And, and my hope is for people is that this window of time that they take advantage of it and mm-hmm. they, they look at their life and go, okay, what's going really well? What would I like to be different? and do some things to make those things to be different actually become a reality. Mm-hmm. Well, your stories are really your legacy. I, I realize with a lot of the work that I've done over the last few years as a communication coach, particularly with StrengthsFinder, but just as a coach in general, that people want to be relevant. They want to find a way to be relevant. And collecting your stories is one way to do that. It's a way of, of helping your children, grandchildren, neighbors, if you don't have kids, really understand who you are and the legacy that you want to leave. So the, the first um, chapter, the, the introduction of the book is really a story about um, my father who passed away a few years back. And I know that the stories that I share about my experience with my dad color the way that my children see me and my relationship with my father. And shifts their identity as children and grandchildren of my father, children of mine and grandchildren of my father, it actually can impact their identity, those stories. So when you share them, you think about them in terms of the lessons you learned and the people that you care about. It really, like I said, it creates a legacy. It's so important to do that because 
those family stories and connections. And, and we know that in many cases, me growing up, and you know, I'm not sure about you, but you know, I was pretty close to my extended family, so many cousins. And um, I, I joke about one of my cousin's families is like they're in a competition with rabbits to populate the earth yeah. um, because they're just <laughs> such a huge loving family. But it's the, the loving component of it. I mean, I still have vivid childhood memories of one of the last reunions we had and it was in my great-grandmother's house and there was an alleyway behind their lot they had a real long lot so i'm walking through the alleyway and then i look down in this long yard and i see my entire family outside during the summer so barbecue picnic and all of that stuff and there had to be 120 people there and i can see it as clear as day and i remember and i was young at this moment i think it was eight maybe nine and i looked at it and i paused for a second and i said okay and for some reason i had the wherewithal to understand this may be the last time i get to see this and i took it in which was really strange because i wasn't overly philosophical at that age in my life but for some reason i'm thankful that moment i said you know hold on mike you need to take a look at this for a second and just pause and in doing that, you know, it just, it's, it's such a vivid memory. It's in those experiences, but now with many families, we're all scattered all over the globe and we don't get a lot of these opportunities, but when we do, it's the stories, you know, we talk about the time we did this or the time we went fishing or the time that we went on that trip and we all went to Disney world in an RV with all of the cousins and, um, couple of my dumb cousins thought it'd be a good idea to take the the whips that they sold at the pirates of the caribbean yes they actually sold real whips back then those in the 70s um but we all got them i don't i'm not really sure what what our parents were thinking at the time thinking okay let's give a bunch of kids that are like 12 and under whips i don't know what they're thinking but everything was great until um you know there was eight cousins of us that went on this trip and one kelly was the only only girl and somebody thought it was cute okay let's whip kelly so needless to say uh, that was the end of our whip game and all the whips were returned and they got their money back and never had one again <laughs> but um but i remember that moment now i you know public disclosure i didn't whip anybody with it i was too busy running trying not to get whipped i didn't i didn't want to get hit with it um but i certainly wouldn't have whipped kelly uh, but i would have teamed up with her it's like okay let's attack them but anyway but it's again that's those stories and these times are opportunities for people to really just document it because well yes for many of us this seems like it's an eternity that we've been through this eventually things will go to a new whatever the way things will be i don't like using new normal but it'll be the way that they are mm -hmm. and we'll return to some things that we did before we're going to not necessarily have this time that we have now to you know, go for those walks um and it's capture those moments, be aware, be present, document them because it's these stories that help others grow and connect with themselves and with society. Absolutely. I, I was just remembering the same son when he started kindergarten, you know, the, the juxtaposition of this conversation on a rock with an 18 year old and walking him across the street to the kindergarten because um, we lived directly across the street from the school that both boys went to from kindergarten to sixth, fifth grade. And um, his older brother was already, you know, he had, he was a second grader when, when the younger one started kindergarten. And I walked him across the street 
And he didn't even look back at me. He just ran immediately out to the playground because he knew a bunch of the kids because his older brother knew a bunch of the kids. And so, um, so nothing was new for him. He just ran across the street. He walked across the street with me and then ran across the, to the playground and started playing with his friends. And this is the first day of kindergarten. And I remember turning around to come home and I'm not a crier. I'm not a particularly sentimental person, but I just started crying and I called my mom. And I said, he didn't even kiss me goodbye. He didn't even look at me. He just took off and that was the end of it. And my mom sweetly said exactly the right thing. First thing out of her mouth, she said, good job, mom. And I realized she was right. This is, this is why we parent the way we do is so that they will be independent. So they're not afraid to take that next step and do something without me beside them. And I, I felt like, okay okay, I know she's right. This sucks because I miss him already, but I know she's right. And that's the story that popped into my head as we were sitting on this rock. And I told him that. And he, he of course, doesn't remember it, but just my telling him this story can also help him shape his identity as an independent, adventurous adult. No, that's good. And yeah, definitely a good job. It's parenting is the hardest job on the planet. I've, I've done many jobs in my life, but parenting by far is the hardest because you are you know, raising this little human being to be an adult and contribute to society on top of you doing that as well. So mm-hmm. congratulations to you and, and congratulations on this book. Um, I can't wait for people to, to get this book out and, and, and read it and, and learn from it. So where can people find out more about you in this awesome work that you do, Sarah? Well, uh, the book is called Your Stories Don't Define You. The subtitle is How You Tell Them Will. And uh, my website is elkinsconsulting.com, just like it sounds, E-L-K-I-N-S consulting.com. Um, and I'm encouraging people to go to bookshop.org to order the book. Uh, because it supports independent booksellers. Obviously, it's at the usual places. If you are an Amazon user, Amazon Prime, go for it. It's on Amazon. It's also on Barnes & Noble. Um, But as a small business advocate and a person who lives in a small state, large state with a small population, I really like to encourage people to support the underdog and purchase their books from bookshop.org. I will definitely use that link in the show notes for people to buy the book uh, because as a published author myself, I am a strong advocate for helping out the small businesses because they are what makes our country and our world grow and, and have such huge impact and you're providing for families and, and not that the other big places don't have families, but it's, it's different. Um, <laughs> it's definitely different. T- time and effort and, and blood, sweat and tears and passion because those people chose to you know, go up against Goliath and have a, an independent bookstore and having spent many, many moons uh, in a bookstore looking at books, it, there's, there's something different about an independent store. So I'll definitely have that uh, in the show notes. So Sarah, thank you again for the time today and really appreciate you and, and congratulations again on the book. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to sit here and chat with you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.